0: Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash thrive. That's Cosmetics, C A U S E M E T I C S dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order.
1: What up, man? It's Rude, you listen to Rebel Radio. Fuck you, Josh, and the horse you rode in on.
0: Bitch! what's up this is rebel radio what up what up this is dj newmark this is peanut butter wolf
1: it's your boy it's okay
0: keep checking out rebel radio rebel radio this is rebel
2: radio
1: we're in the place right here rebel radio is going down would
2: you say Rebel radio oh wait let's do it again rebel radio What's up, Rebels? Welcome back to Rebel Radio, the weekly show where I talk to the Rebels who are shaping youth culture. We find out how they do it, why they do it, and what you can do to get a little piece of the pie for yourself. We're also the only show that features new music every week from our friends over at EDM.com. I'm your host, Josh Levine. My guest this week is the one and only Rude Jude. I want to warn you, there's a lot of cuss words in this episode. If you are uh, offended by that, you're probably not listening anyway, but... You might want to skip this one. I hope you don't, though, because it's it's a great interview. Rude Rude Jude was on our show a couple years ago, and that episode is our number one most popular episode of all time. So uh, this is going to be a good one, too, for sure. I'm excited to have him back. He's the author of a new book called Hummingbird, which features stories from his life. I strongly encourage you to get that book and check it out. Get the audio book. Listen to Jude read it in its own voice. It's pretty amazing. Um, we get into some crazy discussions, uh, stories from the book. We talk about politics. We get into some unfortunate areas where uh, I think we disagreed, and it's not really the stuff I want to talk about on the show. But one thing, if you know Drew Jude, is that you're not in control of him. He's uh, going to take over and talk about whatever he wants. Which is why I love talking to him. It's really good stuff coming up on Rebel Radio with Rue Jude right after our EDM.com track of the week. People
1: understand
2: now. Why we did it? Yeah, champagne bottles in the room. Twist it. I ain't drinking that though. I'm drinking some whiskey. I ain't sipping that though. I ain't drinking that slow. I'ma throw it back in, fill up another dish. Red cup full of head. Fuck is you with
1: me. Big bag of that big bag in the The Bitch bad with me. Drunk, not tipsy. Pocket full of money. The other full of
2: 50s. ding, you got this sip. Let the bread make your bitch bread like tipping. In the cuddle puddle, smoking pot like hippies Me and my niggas and all of
1: these bitches Black, white, and even piling these bitches of me, that's misogyny, apologies, bitches Ooh, don't tell nobody And girl, I got a secret Come here, I wanna tell your body, your body, your body, your body, your body. All sucky, we all on the same drug Girl, we all took it We all away turned, so we all feeling crooked The club going up and we in there Airplane bottles in the tub Twisted
2: Yo, that was Mr. Nichols with a track called Good Pussy, the EDM.com track of the week. If you like that one, get over to EDM.com, check out new music, and uh, let's get into our interview right now with Rude ju Man, thanks for coming back to do this. Yeah. I think I told you on the phone, uh, our first, you know, the interview you did has been our number one bestseller since we started. I'll take it. For sure i'll take it um and so i know when, when you were back when you were here originally uh i think hyena had just come out yeah and so we were talking about that and now you have a new book hummingbird correct um which i just finished listening to I, you know i do i do audible uh they're a sponsor of the show but that's not why we're talking about them but yeah but the um hearing you read your own writing is incredible thank you man and uh it's it's definitely one of my favorite things i've read recently
1: it's fuck yo, for doing your own writing reading, reading what you wrote is hard as hell yeah i think that every uh, i think every author should do the audio book before it goes into print yeah that way you can hear the sentences that sound clunky you yeah. know what i mean yeah yeah uh there was a couple of ones in there i was like oh, i wish i would have wrote that differently
2: is that right
1: fuck yeah dude it's hard to say out loud
2: you, well, you know, I'm sure because your stories are so personal and yeah. some of them, you know, I'm sure were really painful. Yeah. Um. And so reading it, but you, you have this interesting way about you that there's like, uh, there's a certain amount of detachment that you can hear. Yeah. Right. Like it doesn't feel like you're talking in the sense of like, I don't know how to explain it, like like it, in a good way, like it makes it easier to listen to the story as a right. story. Right, 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 As opposed to just hearing you talk yeah. about like some of these fucked up things that happened or whatever.
1: Yeah, it's written, it's prose. Yeah. So it's it sounds like how I would talk, but it's not how yeah. I would talk, I guess is the best yeah, way yeah, to exactly. put it. Yeah, exactly. yeah,
2: exactly. Um, so one of the things I noticed, and, and uh, I want to talk about for a minute, you mentioned music, like, at different points in the book. Like, I put on this record. Right. I forget what some of them were, but I was... It stood out to me because, you know, you're on a hip-hop station. Right. Shave 45, and you you know, you know, host a show that's... Uh, you know, I think of you as a hip-hop guy. Yeah. I know that's an oversimplification. And then most of the references were, like, classic rock, or I think there was some jazz or different yeah. stuff. Um, what's been your your journey musically like do you remember do you remember the first music that you heard and fell in love with
1: it was rap what? i grew up around rap yeah. you know what i mean it wasn't it, like that was my neighborhood my neighborhood was rap i came from a neighborhood that played rap music I'm...
2: so was it like what's the song that comes to mind as as like the first thing
1: i don't know the message I can't walk through the park cause it's crazy after dark. Keep my hand on my gun cause they got me on the run. I feel like an outlaw. Broke my last pass jaw. Hear them say you want some more living on a seesaw. So don't push me. Carl, I'm um, close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. Say what? It's like a jungle sometimes. Electric Kingdom or yeah. even Craft Work or yeah. something like that. rapping Duke, Sugar Hill Gang. These are all off the top of my head. Lottie sure. Dottie. Yep. Um, six minutes, Dougie Fresh, your are on like that. That was like the stuff I grew up on. Yeah. And it wasn't like the other thing for not to knock other fucking, not to knock anybody, but like this wasn't like my big brother played at AAU and right. was friends with a black kid. Right, right, and then right. that black yeah, kid gave him EPMD and now he's listening to that. No, that was, this is what I grew up with. Yeah, Like this is where I came from. So rap was what I grew up on. Uh and then and yo know, back in the day like you couldn't listen to other music. Right. You was like it wasn't like yeah, hey, I like rap and I like the Cure. Right. Yeah. Like yeah, you yeah. like they rap. Go together. You was I was strictly I was strictly hip-hop hip-hop for fucking years. Yeah. But my sister, my sister listened to alternative shit. Okay. My mom had a broad taste in music, you know, anything from XTC to Bob Marley to the Spasmatics, mm-hmm. Plasmatics—I don't know. I don't remember the name. I just mm-hmm. remember the cover. And it was like a naked chick, which I thought was cool. Um, and then my old man listened to everything from like you know Willie Nelson to the Eagles right. to the Beatles.
2: Yeah, it's funny. So I had a similar. I think we, I think we
1: grew up same, same, same up, in a yeah. lot of
2: ways. Um, I, I don't know. Some stuff we will talk about often. Right, here, right. But, um, but, you know, it's and I'm a little bit older than you, I think. So somebody had asked me the same thing about how I got into hip hop. And and for me, it was like the neighborhood. It was so this is 70s before right. hip hop, right? We were listening to Cool and the Gang, Gap right. Band, you know, uh, Earth, Wind and Fire. Right. And then but it was all black music. And then that became hip hop. Yes. You know, and then one day uh, Rapper's Delight came on and then all of us that were like it it just, it just, you just migrated. It just made sense. It. Yeah, you're like, you know oh, damn, I mean?
1: this is, all right.
2: And it wasn't until the, I was this one kid in the fifth grade, sixth grade, and, you know, it was like, oh, what you into? And I was like, you know, that's, that soul shit, whatever. All right. Which to me included. Rap. Rap. Yeah. And he was like, oh, I don't fuck with that. I fuck with rap.
1: See, and, that's the weird thing for me because, like, uh, we're, I, we still listened to, you. it was the of same course. deal, it, was, it wasn't like I didn't listen to Troop, right. you know what I mean? Right, like, yeah, right. yeah. I still stay listening to fucking Keith Sweat and shit and Johnny Gill and New course. Edition.
2: you know we're 11 years old right yeah and so you you, you oversimplified things yes right and so now i'm i'm the same way i'm as likely to put on a hip-hop record as i am classic rock or a you know not country but pretty much anything else right um but it took a long time to be like for that to be okay
1: yeah it's weird i was like i think i was in my early 20s when i finally I, I, my buddy said it in a nice way. He was like, man, here I am, this giant record store, and I'm just in this section. Right. And that really made sense to me. And I started branching out. I started branching out. I think some of my first, like, the first rock shit that I actually bought was, like, it was uh, i think my anim- uh, animals my dad put me on the house of the rising sun mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. i went over to like the white stripes and the stooges and it grew from there and it was funny man like certain shit, i couldn't even listen to at first because i was like uh this isn't right this is not for me yeah, i had yeah. to have gateways i had to have gateway sure. bands to get me to like
2: yeah.
1: leonard skinner you know yeah, what yeah, i mean yeah. like I, yeah. I, I skinner was cool but like i had to hear three other bands f- Right. First to really get Skinner, you know, yeah. like I'm like, yeah, I fuck with Skinner. Now. Yeah, I listen to all that shit and I listen to country like i fucking I, I got a whole box of country. I is like right? G- George Jones is my fucking man, dude. Okay. I love George Jones. Yeah. Look, man, th- that's, you know, a lot of cats don't like it because tonally it's twangy to them. Right. But like, yo, that's 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 redneck hood shit, bro. Sure. Like they yeah, yeah, they, no they sing about some real ass shit that I could relate to. hmm. George Jones was crazy too, because like, you can't listen to more than three of his songs without wanting to kill yourself. You're like, fuck, dude, this is.
2: Is that right?
1: Oh, bro, yeah, man. He not stopped even, loving He's he got his song, He Stopped Loving Her Today. Mm. It's all about how he stopped loving his girl that day, and that day was the day he died. Because mm.
2: she... Mm-hmm.
1: she broke up with him. Right. Like you stop loving her, day you find out he's dead. in The last verse—that's That's crazy. I mean, yeah, it's like one of the saddest. They—it's rated like one of the saddest songs of all time because oh, wow. that shit fucking kills you, man. Right. Everybody can relate to that. Everybody can relate to like, well, not everybody, but a lot of people can relate to fucking losing someone and just never, for sure, never getting over him, man. Fuck you up, man. Yeah. And I think that's a, the that's a, that's a cool thing about a lot of soul, and country, and even rap to a certain extent. Yeah. If, they, if they want to go that route. Uh-huh. That's why Pac speaks to me. That's why Scarface speaks to me.
2: Yeah.
1: I don't give a fuck about the chatter in the background. Niggas get beat when they step. This is down. If you don't know, I recommend you check. And ask the motherfuckers how many heads I put to rest. I play a game, but the game ain't roulette the thing, and I bet that there's a lot of ninety nine different places even uh I was gonna say Jay-Z album cuts, but i uh, sometimes I don't know if he's all the way sincere, you know yeah. what i mean
2: yeah yeah, yeah I I, there's a certain uh you kind of can see the role that he's playing, yeah,
1: you know, yeah.
2: And if anything, like he's living it now, right? and he was talking about it back then.
1: Yeah, like in You Must Love Me, that You Must Love Me song, where he's talking about shooting his brother and selling dope to his kinfolk. I'm Mm -hmm. just like, how bad do you really feel about that? (laughs) Do you feel that bad about it, or are you just saying it because you're supposed to feel bad about it? Yeah,
2: I mean, even the lemonade shit is like you know, let me go ahead and and profit off of my uh, marital problem. He seems a bit
1: calculated and I'm not, I'm not, I don't fault the dude, but like, it it, works. It doesn't, many songs, some songs I really fuck with but like many of, I fucking, I'm a fan of Jay-Z. I'm just saying as far as like fucking that emotional vulnerability, Face and Pac and even M are like the fucking, I think those guys are the standards and then you get into people like Atmosphere where you're like, now it just sounds like you're jerking off into a fucking kleenex and you're crying like and it seems a bit
2: indulgent so well it's funny so like we could talk about this because uh, you know um coming from where we came from right yeah where you know you're a white kid in a predominantly black yeah. environment right yes. i mean i grew up in san francisco it was very mixed but still right. it was know. mixed too where i was from yeah, too man sure. it was just
1: it was it was a little bit of everything right it was, it was more poor, you know, like, yeah. that, was a, that was, a ta- it was a tax bracket of being same, broke. Yeah. Same
2: here. Yeah. And uh, and at the same time where hip-hop was, even being a hip-hop fan at all, you were an outlier. Yep. No matter what color your skin was, right? Mm-hmm. Just because hip-hop had not become this mainstream thing.
1: It was underculture. Yeah. Sub-culture. And then,
2: so, you know, and I, I always, I blame Eminem for this, although that's not, blame is not really the right word, right? But he showed the world... That you didn't have to be, well, he showed the world that you could be white and still be a, a great rapper. Right. Although there were some before him.
1: Beastie Boys would be the obvious. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. But they were the, But I feel like this light turned on for white kids around the world. Atmosphere, like a whole generation of guys after M who were just like, oh, okay, I could see myself in that role now
1: do you think it's because he had uh and i don't necessarily know if i even agree with that statement but like do you th- but let's dig into that do you think it's because his success was so big it reached so many people that
2: I, I think it was it was partly that
1: and rap was much bigger then,
2: right so a lot of it was timing right it was yeah. where the world was at and i mean yeah. i so uh uh and
1: was the best rapper yeah it wasn't like hey man this pr- guy's pretty good he was rapping circles Around anybody out at that time, Any and question. like coming out just yeah. And yo, I'm gonna tell you something else. I think his whiteness really fucking helped culturally, right? Because he was able to be self-deprecating yeah. in a in a yeah, way. Yeah, uh, yeah. He, he could he say shit that he didn't take himself too as serious as other rappers. And I think that a lot of times that has to do with being able to fucking laugh at yourself. And right. some of those, some of these guys are too tough to be able to laugh at themselves.
2: Yeah, no question. Like no he question. He was able to, he, walk he was able f- to find line. His, his lane. Absolutely yeah you know i think the um you know i remember so i met um, you know at the time i was i was a manager yeah. and uh the kid that worked for me had kind of discovered um at interscope and had left and was working right. for me and, and he was trying to set me up with a meeting to talk about management right and i was like yeah that demo was cool but a white rapper is not gonna happen and i just right. like was blew it off Right.
1: People don't remember like they don't like young kids don't even understand that shit. Right. Like the fucking doors that he yeah, yeah. kicked down. for Sure. And I yeah. and I
2: bl- like I didn't get it. Not not that I didn't get him. Right. I didn't get it as a as a marketable act. Right. right. And so I didn't take it seriously and whatever. But um, but what I was going to say is, you, you know, there were there was a whole generation of suburban white kids at that time who uh, were defining their lives around hip hop. Yes. Right, they were. They were, and you you mentioned it in uh, one of the stories. Uh, oh no, you mentioned it on a on a Asa Akira podcast that like when you're the white guy who gets hip hop, like you want to be the, the only one.
1: Yeah, you yeah. don't. Tr- you're distrustful of another Caucasian. Yeah. yeah, you're like, oh, I'm the only real motherfucker. I'm right. like, oh, but like that, you know.
2: But, but there was a generation of those
1: yeah. kids,
2: right, who were all feeling that way. And I feel, and that's where I feel like Eminem, like, turned on the lights for those guys. Right. That, like, they could, that you could be that. And you could kind of own that. And, uh, and so that's where I feel that that sort of proliferated in terms of cats making music.
1: Yeah, yeah, maybe. And look, also, it's also what the, you know, the market dictates. For sure. Yeah, all of a sudden labels are. Yeah, labels are, labels are fucking pussies. Like, let's be real. Like, labels are pussies. (laughs) They're scared. Yeah. They don't take chances. Yeah. They need somebody else to show them. Yeah. The they need like. The yo know, Yeah. There might. There might have been a gang of fucking white rappers that could spit that right. weren't getting a chance. Absolutely. And then M Camp comes down, kicks down the fucking door, and you know, rap was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. You had you had uh, albums going platinum for fucking five, six, seven, eight years before. Like Chronic went platinum. Fucking yeah. NWA went platinum. These. I remember EPMD, remember they was rapping about their shit and going gold? Right. You mean like, that was a big accomplishment. These these are baby steps and that's the shit that kills me about this new rap. It's like, yo dude, like congratulations to you, whatever, but just realize that you're standing on the shoulders of giants. It it took so many people to fucking build this shit for you and now, yo, get your fucking money but like, be grateful, be thankful. Well, it's an
2: interesting conversation because um, you know, so Quincy Jones just put that interview out. Yeah,
1: he was going in on everybody, Dude, bro. He,
2: he, it was, that was amazing.
1: I love that shit. I disagree with the Beatles. Oh, I fucking, see, I disagree I, with- uh, I love the Beatles. I
2: disagree with the Michael Jackson, or oh, the Bruno Mars. All right, What did he say
1: about Bruno Mars? He,
2: he he said Bruno Mars is one of the guys making great pop music today.
1: He's, I think Bruno Mars is uh, yeah. derivative
2: as fuck. As fuck right? Oh, and, like if I want
1: to hear the police, I'll go listen to the police. How I want to hear Quincy does Daz band, I'll go listen to fucking Daz Band.
2: Exactly. How Quincy doesn't see that it confuses me. And then he also accuses Michael of stealing this Donna Summer song. Right. I listened to the Donna Summer song, and I like Donna Summer. This song is garbage from start to finish. Right. It has no resemblance to Billie Jean. But
1: that doesn't mean that Mike didn't take No, from maybe he other did, people. and yeah. I think if he did, he right. was doing
2: her a favor because that's something good came out of that song.
1: Yes. I haven't heard that song so i can't comment it's one, in the link
2: another. like it links in the article to okay. the song and the song's terrible all respect to donna summer it's just I a bad donna song i love donna
1: summer by the way no, on I the do radio it. that's I my shit it.
2: but it's a bad song all right i forget so, the name of it
1: i don't know i'm not going to comment on donna summers i love that i love that woman go keep going
2: anyway uh so i i disagree with certain things in the article but it's Mostly, it's incredible that he's saying all this shit. Yeah,
1: like, look, man, we can't take... It's one man's fucking opinion. This isn't, like, the fucking gospel. No, of course. So it's just, like, you listen to him, and then you fucking decide what you want to decide. Of course.
2: But but he says what you just said, right, which is that young artists, the producers, he's really critical of producers, that they need to know their history, and and he, he kind of oversimplifies, I think, what's wrong with modern music, which is that producers don't know the history. They didn't go back and understand what got them there, what got us to this point, which is kind of what you're saying about these young rappers. Yeah. Um, You know, I think it's an interesting... Like, I agree, but it's also maybe too much to expect of people.
1: I can agree to that to a certain extent. Look, the the books I write would be... They would be put in the same category as beat writer shit. Right. I... Respect beat writers. I understand like Kerouac. I tried to read on the road. It's not my thing Um, But I understand I have respect Mm -hmm. for Jack Kerouac I understand that that was the thing that sparked this giant fucking thing right Uh, You know Fonty and fucking Bukowski and Miller and all these other cats Um, I don't read them because I don't want to bite off of them, but I respect them. Yeah, I'm not dismissing them. Like right. there's a reason why I don't I like I like westerns and fucking medieval shit. Right. And like that's what I that's what I go towards. Right. But like I'm not going to be like I'm not, you're not going to hear me sitting here saying fuck Bukowski. Right. Yeah, of course. Even if he's not my taste, I'm right. not going to say that shit because if it wasn't for Bukowski, I wouldn't fucking be writing the way I'm writing whether I like it or not.
2: But you also don't have Bukowski saying uh, Rue Jude is full of shit. He doesn't know what he's doing, right?
1: Well, I got worse. I'm ignored by the
2: literati. Hey, if you're enjoying this one, go back in the Rebel Radio archives, check out our first interview with Rue Jude. At that time, he was telling stories from his first book, Hyena, also a great listen. Uh, definitely go back and check that one out.
1: I would love for a fucking author to fucking call me out so we can have a fucking discussion and go right. work and we'll go sentence for sentence. Okay. I would love for that. Yeah. But I'm ignored. Uh, like I'm igno- I I'm having problems getting into bookstores. Is that right? Fuck yeah. But why? I'm not famous enough. Okay. I'm not what they're looking for. Right. As in, the, the, I'm not, I am not what the literati is looking for. And I, don't, I didn't go to college, so I don't have that fucking, I don't have the fucking college connections either. They don't know mm. what the fuck to do with me. I'm not technically a writer in their eyes. I'm not right. technically a fucking celebrity. And I'm not some, and I'm not like, what, I'm not, I'm sorry, I'm not a fucking uh, lesbian, fucking transsexual uh, immigrant that, they're, that wants to tell their story. And right now that's kind of what the literati is fucking jerking off to. I don't know if you noticed that shit.
2: No. So I haven't because uh I think
1: How many cats? How many how many books like mine do you see out?
2: Well, you know, it's interesting. I mean, I read, you know, I find books almost exclusively on Amazon and Audible. Right, right, right. Right. You know, once in a while I'll hear about something, you know, like somebody will tell me about a book or whatever right, right. but you know I can't think of the last time I was in a bookstore right and Ditto. I know and, and, and I think that that so I get your point but at the same time like like I don't know what's what's showing at LACMA right now but I know that I fuck with Shepherd Ferry and I fuck with chase in venice and i fuck with retina and like those yeah. are the artists and
1: those are the guys that, that gotta go, to me. go they, and the and that's the thing they're just going around they're going around yeah. the fucking people and that's what i'm doing but right. like what i'm saying is like i'm just trying to set up fucking signings
2: right yeah and, and, and like, like yo dude it.
1: my my signings
2: blow out all of their signings but that's what i'm saying right the little ho ass signings I'm just saying
1: that Fucking the, the twelve people showing up, ass motherfuckers.
2: What I'm saying that traditional channel might not be for you, but you might. And I, and I get why if you're in that position, that's frustrating. But at the same time, I think you don't even need them.
1: Yes and no. I look. Yes and no. You do need them to get on. The, you know, like New York Times bestseller is not just the best selling book. Sure. And that does help sure. with fucking things. Yeah, yeah, of course. And unfortunately, course. I I have a diehard fan base, but I also my fan base is the fan base that doesn't they don't read. Right. So. So so. so there you go. Like I'm trying to sell uh I'm trying to sell exercise equipment to fat people. You know right. what I mean? Like. Yeah. I'm like, hey, fat ass, you want you want this gluten free fucking cookie? And no one wants to have a gluten free fucking cookie. And that's not all of my fucking. That's not all of look, no. Man, I get I'm, it. And I'm not here I to fucking it. art like bitch about what it is. It is what the fuck it is. Right. But I'm also completely aware of what the fuck it is, and what it is is some bullshit, and I just got to work around it.
2: So how um, I want to talk about the writing first. Yeah. Even though we're talking about kind of marketing. Yeah. But yeah. how is the second book? different from the first it's darker No, like how is it for you different like you had already written the first one right
1: well the first book is like for anyone that doesn't know it's called hyena yeah it's like short stories essays just about like getting over a girl and it's you know a lot of sex drugs Mm -hmm. introspection it's not just fucking dick jokes it's actually like got some fucking it's got it's got some heart in that bitch yeah and uh the follow-up was, I was like, all right, man, like, I can't be, I can't be fucking Hyena 2. It's got to get a little bit deeper and go in a different direction. I was just in, at a different place in my life. I, uh, basically, you know, the, the first book was very successful and here I was still fucking miserable doing crazy shit. And you know, I just started writing again and this one, this one really addresses, uh, I was tired of hearing about the victim mentality. I was tired of hearing about bullying. I was I was, I was tired of seeing these fucking twenty year old. I was tired of, tired of seeing twenty year old infants still being taken care of by their parents. Mm-hmm. And this and I don't I don't really say any of this directly. I just talk about it in stories, and either you get it or you don't. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people are actually kind of picking up on that shit. I'm sure. It's like, yo, dude, like the it's it's like, yo, dude, like. Own your shit, boss up, be a fucking man. If you're a piece of shit, acknowledge it. Mm. I'm not telling you, I'm not even telling you to stop. I'm just saying realize. Yeah. Like, you know, self-realization. Talking about sacrifice. Everybody wants that everybody wants everything for free. Yeah. Like everything costs, bro. Ain't nothing free in this fucking world, man. Yeah. Ain't nothing free. You get someone sense you a free something, they want something back. Even, if, that, even if that's fucking your fucking correspondence. Yeah, like, your attention. Yeah, yeah. Ain't nothing free in this fucking world, man. So, like, these are things that I'm just trying to fuck in. Even, even like you kids living at home, like getting taken care of by, by your parents. You think you're free? You're not free. Mm. You're sacrificing your freedom for a fucking cell phone. You get a car tech, you get a ticket. Right. You got to call mom and dad and explain that shit. I don't got to sure. do that. Yeah. I'm a fucking man. And I'm just encouraging fucking, like, I just, yo, why don't you young motherfuckers grow up and be fucking, just grow up. Or why, I'm looking at a bunch of 30-year-old toddlers. It's fucking annoying. I got to live next to them.
2: Yeah, I'm sure. So, you know, it's interesting you say that because I think, you know, we're in a, um, in the space between your two books, our awareness of all that has changed.
1: It's gotten different. Yeah. It's and really our, changed. And,
2: our, and you know, you talk a lot about race, obviously, in, in the books, through your own experience. Yes. Um, I think our relationship, I don't think racism's changed. I think our relationship to racism has changed.
1: I think, well, first off, racism is a human condition. Yeah. So this idea that only white people can be racist, I find to be fucking, it's a stupid idea. And it—it it takes it takes fucking you're it makes it a uh, minority fucking arguing that point makes you sound weak mm-hmm. like it's you're not like you're time. not as good as me right. you are not as good as you are cl- you're right. you're by not owning that shit you're saying that you're not my equal right. and that you should not be held to my standards mm-hmm. and as men we should all be held to the same standards uh, so you know, look, man. Racism is racism. Tribalism is tribalism. At the end of the day, I don't care what the fuck you think. It's so what do you do? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not. I'm not trying to be thought police. Mm-hmm. Are you not hiring me because of my fucking race? Right. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. Like, you don't gotta. Yo, you don't gotta like me.
2: Right.
1: You don't got. Look at the rap community. There's a contentious relationship between black people and Jewish people. For sure. And uh, it works side by side to get that motherfucking money. (laughs) Absolutely. So it's like, yo, dude, like, hey, uh, we don't need to like each other per se. We need to fucking respect each other as men, you know, and fucking deal with one another. And so, like, I'm not trying to solve fucking racism. I was just tired of this fucking tired ass narrative that's been going on for the last fucking seven, eight years with identity politics, people misusing statistics. Right yeah misquoting facts to push their agenda
2: so does that change things for you like you know again you, you've you always been you know outspoken you know you've always said things that are kind of taboo like we see all these politicians and have you i know, stopped
1: saying what i what i used to say no have oh. people
2: are people reacting differently because of this environment that yeah. we're in today
1: yeah people are people are more Within the last five years, people have become more sensitive. Yeah. Hands down. And because of that, I stopped. I don't get raises, like, based on, you know, like, I'm not getting paid more for fucking talking about this shit.
2: Right.
1: It's agita. Yeah. What the fuck do I care? Right. Believe your stupid fucking belief. Yeah. So
2: have you you changed your the way you do things?
1: I just don't, I just don't, I don't talk race and politics. Right. Like you want to talk race and politics, there's a fucking, there's a thousand other channels.
2: What about gender?
1: Gender I'll speak on, but even that, like I don't go super in, like that wage gap shit is fucking bullshit, go look it up.
2: Yeah.
1: Just go look it up, the fucking economists are shitting all over that fucking thing.
2: I I had the same conversation, my buddy teaches economics I was having the exact same conversation with him yesterday.
1: Yeah, uh, the fucking, you want right. to talk about, you, you know, like, I think we all agree that uh, fucking a child needs a mom and a dad, yet mm-hmm. fucking 80 per, over 80% of fucking custody goes to women. Mm-hmm. Like, th- these are fucking facts, dog. Mm-hmm. Like, these are facts. So, like, hey, uh... I think men need to fucking unify and I and I think if women really gave a fuck about the future, they would fucking be on board as well. But I don't think I don't think that people that are pushing of uh, the modern day feminist agenda really care about equality. I think they're using that right. to get power.
2: Yeah, yeah, to take something back.
1: Not even take something back. They're already winning. Fair enough. That you're you have yeah. a higher fucking there's more women in college. Right. Live longer. Less suicide rate. Yeah. 90% of the deaths on the job are men. Yeah. Yeah, I hear, oh, there's not enough women CEOs. There's not enough women fucking uh, roofers either. <laughs> Is there? I don't hear you fucking crying about that. That's right. Like, yo, dude, like, I don't... Yo, yo w- whatever you want to do, you can do it. Ain't no one stopping you. Yeah. Uh- like, I look at... And I, and, I, and I hear these people crying, and I'm just like, think... And I, I keep saying this over and over. Think about your great-grandparents. Think about your grandparents. Would your grandparents would your grandparents be talking that shit or would they be going to get that shit? I guarantee you they'd be fucking getting it. My grandparents are tough.
2: You know. It's interesting you say that because um, like on this show I try to understand why certain people are successful. Right? Okay. Like like why you know we try to dig into like what what makes creative people successful, what they do. And and the one thing I've learned is that it's a little bit unique for everybody.
1: Is there any, do you you find that there is any fucking like, okay, this guy, like, this is just a constant. This is a constant for everybody. Everybody does this one thing. Uh, I would love to know so I can start doing that shit.
2: Not, not really. If there is one, it's just not giving up.
1: Is it IQ? Is it intelligence? Is it fucking drive? Is it? Yeah, drive,
2: it? but, but it's, the, it's not giving up.
1: Persistence.
2: Yeah. It's persistence. That's the one thing that I I think is the common thread. But other than that, like, some people are are doing it by getting famous. Other people are not. Some people are doing one thing and shutting everything else out. Other people are, you know, got a bunch of hustles. I mean, like,
1: by getting famous. Like, if by getting famous was easy, everybody nah, like, would be fucking famous. I'm not saying any
2: of it's easy. I'm just saying some people are, like you know, there's some, I know DJs that you've never heard of that make, that get paid a lot of money to play corporate parties, right? Smart. They're not building their Instagram and all that in order to get booked at Vegas. Mm-hmm. They're, they got this one lane that they wanna play in and they get to know these, these buyers and they, they schmooze them and they do whatever and that's their hustle, right? Yep. That works for a certain type of dude. Because mm-hmm. you have to have that personality that mentality you got to be a people person so that's building
1: it. a relationship
2: right okay with you know with 50 people that can make or break your career and then there's the other guy who's trying to get as many instagram followers as he can so that the dude in vegas thinks Sheesh. he's going to sell bottles when right book him that works for him but that's his personality you know what i mean and so um so the 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 common thread I think, and this is kind of back to what you were saying, is, like, we each have our unique strengths and weaknesses. Yes. And so the good-looking dude is going to have an easier time at some, some things, mm-hmm. maybe more things, but yep. still some things. You know, see, like, here comics talk about if you're too good-looking, it works against you because the room wants to shit on you.
1: Yeah, it's like, who's this guy that's fucking... can fuck my girlfriend? Right. And they're mad but about
2: the it. But the fat comic we want to laugh at the fat guy, right? Yes. And, and so, he, so he's got a lane that's going to work for him. So that's all I'm saying is that, is that the, the hustle is figuring out what's your lane that's going to work for you personally. Yes. Not trying to be somebody else. Totally. And realizing that the only way to do that is one, to take responsibility for your own shit, right? And two, to not give up because you're gonna have to try stuff that doesn't work.
1: I'll give you one other thing is, is to be able to look at yourself real, to, and it's, this is, this is a hard thing to do and this is something that I've struggled with, everybody struggles with. It's fucking being able to really take a long look at yourself and understand who and what you are. It's amazing how many people live in denial. Like I've been that guy, I've lived in denial on certain things. Everybody has a blind spot. The less blind spots you have, the better chance
2: you have, can you take us to a moment when you've when you've done that?
1: I'll tell you like this this is the one I go over all, time and time again. Um when I was on Jenny Jones, I had a girlfriend who I loved I loved deeply. and um she we would go out we would go out to the club and girls would run up on me and fucking you know hey Jude and hug me and Mm-hmm. You know, box her out, you know, like all that you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I'd be like, and I would allow it to happen. I was young, I would allow it to happen,, um, and she would get mad at me for it, and I'd be like, man, you're just jealous, you know i'm I'm going home with you, like right. I ain't going nowhere, I'm going home with you, I love you, I never cheated on her ever. And I was like, you're just jealous like you you Arab, right. I'm like you Arab, you're tribal, you're jealous. I know y'all girls, you need to lighten the fuck up. Right. And it was fucking 10 years after we broke up, it dawned on me, it was like, she was right. I shouldn't have been disrespectful to our relationship like that. Yeah. The fucking, the brutal, the hurtful fact was, I was so insecure that I needed everyone Mm -hmm. to love me. Mm -hmm. I need, I couldn't, her love was not enough. Right. So I needed everybody, I needed every girl in the bar to like me. Yeah. And that, that was one, you know, that wasn't the sole thing that cost our relationship. Right, right, but sure. that fucking was, that fucking <laughs> fucked us up, dude. Yeah. But it, I, years I would be like, nah, she's just jealous. I never couldn't even see that part. I would, mm-hmm. it's painful to say I, I'm insecure. hmm Damn, I feel fucked up about myself and I, I'm willing to sacrifice that so I could, so I can get hugged by some fucking random girl. Mm-hmm. So that was my blind spot. And I, I, I've i told that story before, but like yeah. just off top, like that was one of my blind spots.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to talk about Hummingbird a little bit. First of all, on Amazon, people that buy your book, they also buy Gucci Mane. That's like the number one. Thing that comes up and that dude the Australian dude that's on, on serious.
1: so it's it's showing you that I am doing quite well but I'm selling to my audience right. so that's why I go on every podcast I can yeah. to expand my audience okay. like it's important for me to look that's that's why you do things to grow yeah. you know what I mean like yeah. I want I'm not I love my audience and I appreciate it. no them. I get it you, gotta, you gotta grow it's for them too like for th- sure. that book is for them but, yeah, it's like I'm writing books for cats that don't read books. Yeah. It doesn't mean they're bad books, uh-huh. but I have those, those people in mind as I'm writing it.
2: Well, it's, as you said, there's a structure that exists to direct readers to a certain type of book. For Yes. Whether, you know, whether we agree that that, like that that exists.
1: Totally, dude. Right. It's so, all the way.
2: There's a lot. I imagine Gucci Mane's book probably doesn't fall into that category either.
1: Gucci Mane's weird. He's more of a celebrity than right. me, and he's a celebrity in hip hop. So yeah. therefore, yeah, sure, people that listen to hip hop. I'm on a hip hop station. Will buy right. my book and be like, ah, fuck it, I'll get that book too. Yeah, like they're not dumb. They understand algorithms. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, for sure. Uh, so, that being said, the 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 people that are buying my book. <sighs> I'll say, you know, there's let's say let's 40% of them have not bought a book ever or within the 10 years they yeah. have not bought a book yeah. and if they have bought a book it's been hyena. Yeah. Like these are these are fucking a lot of these cats are blue collar dudes that just aren't reading a ton, man.
2: Yeah. One of my favorite stories you talk about uh you're 7 years old getting a beating from a kid that was your friend. Yeah. Y- y'all were playing. Yeah. And you end up trying to punch him in the dick, and like, first of all, I, I could not stop laughing, and you almost feel bad laughing. No, yeah, it it was hilarious.
1: That that story touches on a couple things. Yeah, Um, it touches on that like kids are fucking assholes. We're always trying to uh, establish a hierarchy. Mm -hmm. um, That. One should stand up for themselves Two, it, it. It was about feeling alienated and misunderstood. Yeah, and three it was also about my relationship with the hippie side of my family who Who detests and you see it even more now? They just des- they detest masculinity Mm-hmm, and they try to that's right. They try to quell it and anytime I showed any type of aggression and at family functions Mm -hmm. I was too fucking loud or anything like that I was shunned yeah and that I think that's bad to do to little boys I think that's bad to do to boys Mm -hmm. and in practice it was awful because I was around a group of kids where that where it was like yo dude boss the fuck it was like tough kids I was around a bunch of tough kids and like I'm over here trying to have a fucking intelligent discussion. Why do you feel this way? Blap, blap, blap. get smacked in the head a couple of times. And that was like, that happened once. You know what I mean? Like after that, like, no, actually it happened twice. Uh, I remember, uh, I remember I was young. I was like this little kid, man. And this older girl just picked a, picked a booger and wiped it on my head. And I wanted to have a discussion with her about it. (laughs) Why would you do this? Duh, duh, duh. And it's just like my fucking hippie family, dude. Like, yeah, 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 what yeah. are you conditioning me for? And then, like, <clears throat> those two things happened, and like, they weren't back to back. They weren't in the same week or no shit, but it was just like, it, that's, why that's it doesn't about. fucking matter? Right. Like, get that motherfucker off of you, dude. Right. Someone picks their booger and wipes it on your fucking head, and they're bigger than you, go pick up a fucking rock and hit them in the head with that shit repeatedly. Like, and that, and that is what you need, like, right. I, I condone violence. Yeah. I do. I'm not a fucking pastor. I don't get in fights or anything like that, but like, yo, man, we have boundaries. Like, yeah. you do, do not be a doormat, because if you're a doormat here, and, and all you know is doormat, when you go to work, you're yeah. going to be a fucking doormat. For sure. You don't outgrow doormat. Right. You have to fucking fight your way out of doormat and this is coming from somebody who's been a doormat who has yeah. been a bully and I think we all have been a doormat some time course. in our life of you course. know
2: and a bully and it is interesting because you know there's all this this anti-bullying
1: that was that was all a response to that dude for sure
2: yeah yeah and I think you know for you know I've had those same kind of experiences right and and I remember and in, in that, especially in that age of elementary school, but it, you know, it went on where the bully, like, it's not the way it's kind of painted, like that there are these bullies and then there's the good people. Yeah. Right? And I think it, it's like you would take turns, some more than others. It's a
1: weird, yeah, it's a weird but, hierarchical order. But your pecking friends order, one yeah.
2: moment, and the next minute you're in a fucking fist fight.
1: Yep. And then your homies and again.
2: Dude's got you in a headlock, and you know yeah
1: half of my homeboys, homeboys. And I grew up half like I I think every one of my friends that I grew up with we got in a fistfight for sure like that's just what the fuck it is and yes. it wasn't personal right like
2: yeah but it's we, like playground rules
1: yeah you just fucking yo after a while like you're going to punch me or I'm going to punch you like right. there's only so much talking we're going to do yeah I get it. Like, all right, you're 37 years old and you're out there fucking, you're at the bar fighting motherfuckers. Maybe you should take a look at yourself. (laughs) Maybe you should take a long look at yourself. But it's. And here's the other thing, which is, which was, um, I think we're in a culture now where failing is looked down upon worse than getting punked on. Mm. So you see people less willing to stand up for themselves. Right. Because they're afraid that they will fucking be made fun of mm-hmm. for losing.
2: Because you could blame the other guy if,
1: yeah, you I'm get, up, yeah, yeah. if you
2: get punked, right?
1: They're always talking and about that shit. Like someone loses a game and they got like a thousand memes of them losing. Right. M- made by losers. Yeah. Like you guys are fucking losers making memes. Yeah. It's your shit job. You're gonna talk about Manny Pacquiao getting planked or fucking <laughs> Tom Brady losing a Super Bowl. He's got five fucking rings. He's got five, you work at a warehouse somewhere, bro. Like, fucking, yo, boss your life up. Quit clowning them motherfuckers, man. You're in a, yeah. You're a secretary for an accountant. Get the fuck <laughs> out of here. Like, you're gonna make a meme? <laughs> fuck you, dude.
2: Hey, you know, it's something people can do.
1: Fuck them. It's bad, I think it's bad for, I think but, that but shit is bad. It's,
2: it's, well, I agree that it's bad, and, and but I think it's a, uh, you know, the, the story that we're telling ourselves right now is that everybody has a voice and that, uh, you know, you can, the self-expression is not, is, is available to everybody, right?
1: Yeah, and but I like, yeah.
2: It probably shouldn't be.
1: Everyone does have a voice, but we like, and I'm calling from Jenny Jones, so they started <laughs> me off, like people get pleasure in other people failing. Yeah, for sure. They just love that shit. For sure. And, um, that's cool, but, like, I, I like watching people win, man, because yeah. I want to win. Yeah. And I, like, even fucking Kobe Bryant, I can't stand his ass. He gets every fucking call. Um, but, like, I'm not, like, he's a fucking winner.
2: Right. For sure.
1: What I do to <laughs> do? Fucking winner. What am I going to do?
2: Um, you tell a story about your grandma Yeah. in the book. And, uh, which I thought was a beautiful story, but the piece about you said something about not wanting to let go of anger because you felt like that was all you had.
1: Yeah, that was a that was a big. I think a lot of us use certain emotions. Look at Michael Jordan when he won that fucking when he won when he got inducted in the Hall of Fame. Hmm. You would think that he fucking got denied the hall of fin- He the, that that speech was so angry i remember he was just and he was he was still shit talking people from 30 <laughs> years ago i'm right. like bro you won man right you got him you won Please. but he couldn't right. that that's what drove that was one of the things that drove michael jordan it was competition it was anger yeah. and it it got him places and it's still with him to this day so you can use many emotions to drive you yeah anger is a lower emotion but it is an action emotion if you can use that for action and for me anger was something that really drove me now it's one of those deals where it's like you have it'll kill you if you keep rolling around with that shit. right um so it's like how do you separate let's say anger is gas i've been driving a car a a gas car all my life Hmm. like I'm af- I am do not know what to do. I'm afraid to let go of that. I'm sure. afraid to let go of it to keep pushing my vehicle. And the fucking the irony is, I don't know if it's irony, but like the f- the funny thing is is like, you know, I'm used I felt shunned when I dropped this book. And guess what's fucking guess why I'm fucking pushing? I'm mad. Yeah. Simon Schuster passed on me. HBO fucking d- didn't want me anymore. Yeah. I got passed on by fucking I got passed on by publishers where my first book outsold all their books. And I got passed on by them. Mm -hmm. So you don't think for one minute that like fucking like I got a chip that I don't have a chip on my shoulder. I do. I'm do. I'm also joyful and grateful. But like there is a part of me that wants to be like there's two parts. There's one part where I'm like, I need this to get out for people to fucking not feel so alone. Right people with depression to not feel so fucking crazy and the other part is like I want to fucking shove of course I want to shove it down their fucking throats man yeah. like it's kind of crazy it's like this dual thing mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever get like that but like
2: um I w- sometimes I wish I would get more like that like I cuz I think there is power in that
1: to and, a certain and, extent
2: and and like my my personal like I still have that sort of hood mentality from growing up of like, fuck them. Right. Like before they even can fuck me, yeah, fuck them. So right. I don't care. Yeah. Which is really not true. Like I recognize that that's, Yeah,
1: we all we all want to be loved, like right. deep down. And I'm you not know? uh, you
2: know, that's the story I'm telling myself as a cop out. Right. To avoid rejection, or whatever. Totally but, I get it. Um, but I think, you know, when you can tap into that and I think that's the point is like you know, too much of anything is a problem. If if your whole life is driven by anger, yes. you're probably going to be in prison or dead or, or cancer or fucking something, right? stroke. Absolutely. Something. Yeah. But there is a time to tap into that and to use it as fuel. Right. Yes. And the same with every emotion, right, that is finding the right balance and the right time to, to pull those triggers.
1: You're fucking right, dude. The shitty thing, too, for me is, like, I'm Italian, so, like, people think I'm fucking mad when I'm not. Like, I'm not even fucking mad, dude. I'm just, it's just the way I talk. We're abrasive. We're a fucking... I come from a fucking very loud, abrasive, in-your-face fucking family. So I spent just, a month
2: in Germany this yeah. summer, and I, the whole time I was wondering what I did wrong.
1: Everybody's <laughs> Fucking Germans, dude. Yeah, dude. You're like, whoa, man. <laughs> And they're giant. They're right. all fucking, I got like German homies. I feel like, I, when I hang out with them, I feel like they're my uncles. You know what I mean? Like, I'm always looking up to them. It's fucking ridiculous.
2: That's hilarious. All right, I got to do a lightning round before we get kicked out of here. Let's get it, bro. Um, first of all, is, is, there any, is there any favorite story in the book that, that I haven't touched on?
1: Well, you know, like I really, I love the last two, I think the last two stories in the book really tie everything together. Quite well. So those two, I'm I'm very fond of. Mm. Uh, uh, I also like um, I also like Blown. You guys should definitely check that out. That was one of the wilder teenage stories, yeah. being just being wild, teenager. It's about white privilege. You guys will love it. And then,
2: <laughs> nice. Um, all right, lightning round. Okay. Tell me one decision that changed your life forever.
1: One decision that changed my life forever. Going on Jenny Jones. I was gonna be a, I was a window cleaner, and I was gonna go to junior college and then attempt to be a teacher. Mm. And now here I am. What would you have taught? Kindergarten. Try to fuck the single moms. Sure. I thought this is an eighteen-year-old. This is like, what can I do? I, and I was, I was fucking. I was like, all right, look, man, I'm a white dude, but I don't got connections. Right. So it's not like they're just gonna fucking bring me in somewhere. So where, where, where does a, where do, where do I, in my eighteen-year-old brain, I'm like, where do I have a fucking advantage? Fucking teaching, They're, they need more men. Right. And then I was like, well, then I could fuck the moms, dude. Like, what the fuck? This is awesome.
2: I wanted to be a tennis pro and t- fuck the married moms. You're a G. See, but I didn't know how to play tennis? Man, but like. So it this, never happened. See, but there was that movie, Jonathan Silverman, I think. Some movie. Every, every idea I've ever had came from a movie.
1: It's like, goddamn, see, that's a, that's, a, you have higher aspirations than me already. You're trying to fuck rich women, I'm trying to fuck some rejected mother. I can't get fucking child support. She's like fucking chasing down her old man for child support. Uh, <laughs> Complete fucking asshole kid named <laughs> Jaden. Like Jesus Christ, that's good, bro.
2: Complete this sentence for yourself. I don't have talent. I have blank.
1: I don't have talent. I have drive. It's, it's, it's that old thing, man. Yeah. You know, or uh, I have uh, creative, creative thinking, problem solving. Nice. This is, yeah,
2: So if I worked for you, you mentioned some encounters at work. Um, what's something I would hear you say over and over?
1: Good job. I tell everybody, good job, thanks, man. Good job you're doing it. Like, I appreciate cats. I do, I really do. That's big. Yeah, good job, thanks, man. Every yeah. day. Yeah. And then if you fuck up, I'll be like, hey, man, we need to do this better this way. And if you do that 15 times, I'll probably call you a fucking dumbass. Fair enough. I think so. You know what I mean? Like you fuck up 15 fucking times. If you fuck <laughs> up more than three times on the same thing, like what are we fucking? What are we here for, man? How <laughs> now? Right. You're stealing money. That's Fair. the way I look at it now. Now you're a fucking thief.
2: I just read some bullshit that there's a hundred billion dollars in in <clears throat> wages spent on people that aren't working. I believe that. Like the people, the, the the time that people are wasting.
1: I believe that. I look around and sometimes I'm like, why are you even here, bro? Like, just, like, and the crazy thing is, is half their jobs are justifying having a job. Yeah, yeah sure. Well, you should do this. Like, bitch, sure. you don't need your fucking input here. Like, when my shit got picked up by Simon Schuster, like, they started rearranging fonts and right, shit. Right, I'm right, like, right, right. I sold 10000 without you, dude. Like, fuck you. Like, this is good. Print it the way it is. Amazing. Somebody needs to fucking justify their fucking salary. Whatever.
2: Who would you be most excited to learn as a fan of your work?
1: Man, you know what? I'll be real, real with you. Uh, uh, Dan Carlin from Hardcore History. I love this guy's podcast. Okay. Uh, It's really, I feel like this... I feel like a weird pariah in that, like, a lot of the people who I really enjoy listening to, I think would actually hate my work. <laughs> Isn't that fucking shitty? But whatever. You know, I, I, I listen to, um, I listen to like a lot of, you know, I, I love Dan Carlin's hardcore history. I love his take on history. Mm. It's a podcast. Hmm. I hate to plug another podcast on your podcast, care. but like that's oh, my we, guy. We do that all the time. He did that. He did, a, he did a fucking like nine hour series on the fucking Mongols.
2: Yeah. Really. <sighs>
1: it's fucking, those guys are fucking beasts, dude. Oh yeah, for sure. They was whooping ass for a fucking. They. It, he made Hitler look like a bitch, man. He took out uh, millions of motherfuckers, Sure. But, uh, well, you know, Stalin, Mao yeah, yeah, made yeah, them. Yeah. Yeah. No one ever talks about that shit, you know. No one talks about the fucking 30 million motherfuckers mouth fucking just demolished.
2: You know, we, it's like, not as sexy. we like our villains. We yeah. like to pick our villains carefully.
1: Hey, I'm going to be real with you. Like, them Nazis, they had the outfits and the fucking... <laughs> exactly. They
2: had They had better branding. Yo, their branding was
1: fucking... Their branding killed supreme. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, their branding killed supreme. Nazis' branding was fucking stupid dumb, dude. I think fucking Hugo Boss sure. was designing their yeah, shit. Yeah. Like, they were like, yeah, bro, here, fucking handle that.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, what, what else? Sorry. Uh, what, what I don't know Hugo how Boss? we got on a fucking Nazi rant. It's
2: funny because I read of that recently and, you know, people are mad at Hugo Boss or whatever. But, like, first of all, I don't know what that dude was all about. But, what would you do? But like, that's what I'm yeah. saying. What are you going to say? No.
1: What you going to say? No to Hitler? You live there. Like, right. yeah, what, what do you need, bro? Like, yeah. uh, where you want me to the lapel here? Okay, it'll be, all right, great. Two inch lapel, I got you. You're not going to do a fucking thing. The same people that are talking that shit are afraid to ask their boss for a fucking raise. you going to tell Hitler no? Yeah, right, motherfucker. Right. You bitch. <laughs> that's the problem I have with people. A lot of people look at history through their these lenses right now, yeah. from like the comfort yeah, of, yeah, of Western course. Of course. society yeah. with the, everything that has gotten them well, here, and then they fucking talk about what they would or would not have done.
2: That's the whole... That that whole Make America Great Again thing is that, right? It's people saying, we want to go back to this this 15-year, 20-year slice of time, right? Yes. Back in their minds, right? Because there's a whole bunch of reality that is not the way that people remember it. But nonetheless, what that is saying is like, we liked the 50s when white folks could make- I
1: disagree with this whole fucking promise, dude.
2: What? Well, what I'm saying? Yeah, I okay, really go. do.
1: I just disagree with it. I think maybe, maybe for some people that is, but I, I, th- I couldn't tell you what Hillary Clinton's fucking. Oh, I, I, I'm, but, not, but, I'm not but, defending but, Hillary. Clinton. No, no, no. But what I'm saying is, and like, I don't know what Hillary Clinton's fucking policies are. I don't either. He was saying, "Hey, bro, we're shitty now. Let's try to get. We, we, we weren't shitty back then. It wasn't about the white this or white. This. It was like, yo, dude, we had jobs. We were, there was a there was a bigger like." there were be more
2: factories, yeah. like there, yeah, yeah. There yeah. Was, but no, we're saying the same thing. I'm yeah, saying. but you
1: brought race into it, so that's uh, where I'm kind of okay. like, eh.
2: We we can leave that out. Although I think if we looked at whether black people had good paying jobs at that time, I think black that's people, a people had story.
1: better paying. Black people were doing better before the civil rights movement. To be quite frank, with okay. You. Go look at go look at the fucking.
2: I don't know, so I'm not. Gonna, I'm not yeah, going to argue that. Yeah, but. go.
1: Like, like fair yeah, enough. They, okay. Yeah, I looked at economists. I'm not saying that the fucking. I'm. I'm not saying that there I'm, shouldn't be I'm trying be to make a, a different point, and maybe yet. I threw a race
2: in when I should. I wish
1: you wouldn't, because that's enough. all I ever hear is fucking race out here.
2: The point I'm trying to make though is different. Is that for thousands of years, most people were born, suffered, and died.
1: You are right. I agree with you. Right, on that and then, and then, all of a sudden. We had a 20 year. Pro- we uh, had
2: this fucking great. Yes. And, and the trend is shifting. Right. And, and, and I'm not I would say for some better, some worse. The trend is shifting. It's yes. not what it used to be. I
1: agree. I, I think we're on the same page. Uh, it's just I get so triggered by like fucking yeah, white right, man. Okay, like enough. I go to parties and I get shit on by fucking white women talking about white man, white man, white man. I'm like, right. bitch, you are living off of a white man, your father. So shut the fuck up
2: a good point oh you owe
1: oh, the patriarchy you hate that shit until it's time for your cell phone to get paid huh fucking bitch like I had to work I had to work my ass off to get to this fucking party that's right where you can shit on me <laughs> fuck you man
2: what is your Sorry, favorite dude. city to travel to
1: Um, I don't know Nashville is fun uh, I've been like a Nashville and I like going home too yeah I love going home and here's the other thing about the whole make America great again like the middle class like it's pretty easy to be middle class when the rest of the world is destroyed. Well,
2: that's why. Yeah. That that's why that window of time. Yeah, we were crushing. Yeah, like Because yeah. Europe was
1: fucking demolished. obliterated. Japan got blew to fuck up. Absolutely. China uh, got fucked up by Japan. The whole
2: world got fucked up. And, and here we are. Yeah. And then there's the the uh, what was it? Marshall Plan. Whatever the policies that yeah. kind of you know prohibited. Those guys from building armies. we oh, had, yeah. like, So
1: and look you know, at we had this
2: it? unfair advantage for a certain period of time. Yeah. Great for us, that we did. Yep. But it's, uh, it's a really short-sighted view of history to think that that's supposed to be the normal or the standard that we hold ourselves to.
1: I agree with you. I agree with you. And um, no, I, I, I agree with that.
2: Uh, the GI Bill, yes. right, so that the government was paying for people to go to college, which now we don't want to do.
1: But if you look, well, I guess my point was, if you look at a lot of uh, the swing states, counties that voted for Obama went to, Obama was what? Hope, right? Yeah. They went to Trump. Yeah. Like, so. No, oh,
2: I, I totally agree. There was a clear platform. So. There was I, a much better
1: so that's branding, the,
2: better slogan. So, But I think,
1: I, you know, like, that was my whole, it was like, well, it kind of like. Yeah, sure. I'm sure that I'm not saying that there's not racism in America. There's racism fucking everywhere, but I think people are missing the point of this election if they blame it on racism and sexism solely, because it is
2: yes,
1: uh, it's it's bigger than that. Sure, because Obama fucking Obama got a lot of the same votes that Trump got, Mm -hmm. and. You know, a lot of Democrats didn't show up to vote either. The black no vote was down seven percent. Yeah, it's a big percent. It's damn near ten percent. Yeah, like these are all facts that aren't stated. But they'll say, "Oh, fucking sexist." Like maybe she just wasn't fucking charming. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe people don't trust her. Who the fuck knows? Mm. I don't know. I voted. I've never voted for a winner in my whole entire life, ever.
2: Well, I I do think it's a uh, it's a it's a big oversimplification to say, you know, that, the, like, to to look at the one difference between them as gender. Like, that's ridiculous. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I think fucking, like, this is me just fucking speculating, but I, I, I bet Michelle Obama would have had a better chance of fucking Hillary Clinton. I think
2: you're right. I think you're right. And, and, and just as I think there were some people that would never in their lives vote for a black president, Obama got elected. There's some people that would never in their lives vote for a woman. Doesn't mean that... Uh, so sexism exists, racism exists. That doesn't yes. mean that that's what caused these things to happen. Yeah,
1: but also, like, Obama got many votes simply for his race. What Absolutely. is that? You know what right. I mean? Like, for sure. So it's just like, yeah, sure. dude, like, people fucking... People vote on that. Yeah. People vote on that. Yeah. but uh, and, and people vote on gender. Other I'm, not, shit. I'm not denying that someone... I'm not <laughs> denying that there's somebody out there that, like... No doubt. Uh, said I don't want a woman as my president, but I don't think that that was the fucking tipping. I don't think that that was really the fuck the the big thing. Maybe she could have showed up in Wisconsin and uh, other swing yeah. states to fucking. Yeah, I think try there's a lot a of
2: strategy errors.
1: Yo, there's when you have more
2: Democrats
1: than fucking Republicans and they keep whooping your ass, maybe it's time to look in the mirror and maybe you're like not that fucking good huh? as a fucking third party person. I'm just throwing that out there
2: uh what's the last? i don't th-
1: trust the government y'all so that's my that's my vote. i don't trust that shit and i'm not waiting for them to save me i just want them to stay the fuck out of my way while i'm trying to go get it that's right that's it quit taxing me i gotta step over fucking bum piss and fucking knocked out people and i got a 10 percent tax in this fucking goddamn state what the fuck are you doing with my money dude mm-hmm Sorry.
2: What is the last great book you read? How'd
1: you get me in fucking politics for fuck's sake? I don't know how that You motherfucker, MAGA. Let me MAGA and white men. Fucking that all came out in one sentence.
2: Um, what is the uh, last great book you read? Oh, fuck
1: dude. Um, I haven't read a book in a really long time because I find it extremely hard to read right now. It's really weird. I'm taking it in my uh i love larry mcmurtry he okay. wrote lonesome dove in that series he does he does a lot of um he does like a lot of uh like westerns that i really like i think his dialogue oh, cool. is great i just love his dialogue there's a series i forgot the name i think it's like the black crimson or some shit like that by this dude brent weeks Uh, it's a series. It's not finished yet. It's like about color bending. Like Mm. people can control colors and it's like medieval fantasy type shit. And I fucking, that one was pretty fire too. Those are the, those are the two Larry Larry McMurtry, Brent Weeks. Um, it's his, it's his, Brent Weeks's newest project. Yeah. Um,
2: what movie have you seen the most in your life?
1: Fuck, dude. I don't know, man. Like, you know, I'm Italian, so it's like Godfather, Goodfellas, all that whoppy shit, dude. Yeah. Uh, fucking Casino, goddamn. Madness, Boys in the Hood, Blood In, Blood Out, I'd watch the fuck oh, I out of. Like, um, I would- I, like, I love all that gangster shit. But surprisingly, uh, Princess Bride is my sure. shit. Uh-huh. Um, Big Lebowski. I used to go to sleep too. Harry Potter too. I used to fucking love that shit. I okay. love fucking Harry Potter too. Um I, I just met you like, what was the movie? And I it was like twice the movie. Those are the movies that I fuck with. And then the, the the last movie that came out that I saw that I really dug was Good Time. Mm. I don't know if you're familiar with it, and I didn't even realize it. The guy from fucking uh the guy from Twilight's in it. And I don't know it. It's like a little fuck, you know. Indie as an uh-huh. in indie uh-huh. is like thirty million dollar. It's an indie <laughs> right, right, flick. Right, right. Um, it's an indie <clears throat> flick. It's cool. Great soundtrack. Okay. Just, I I dug it. I thought it was a I thought it was a solid movie. I'm,
2: I'm gonna check it out.
1: Yeah, you should, bro. I think you'd dig it.
2: Um, read The Godfather.
1: I did. Check out a big pussy. Who knew?
2: <laughs> isn't that book? Isn't it like, you know? Because I've seen that movie right. dozens of times. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm sure you have. And then reading it was a whole different
1: experience. And, you know, like the characters are way different than like Sonny's a different yeah, kind of yeah. guy. And yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Isn't that funny how that goes? So great. So I here's the story. I forgot the guy's name. There was an actor that actually had got the part of Sonny, but he was so much taller oh, than really? Al Pacino. Yeah. That he lost that part. Oh, really? Yeah, man. I, we read more back then. You yeah, know what I mean? Course. Like we had course. less we shit to do. So yeah. like, yeah, I'm fucking yeah. reading a goddamn book. Yeah. yeah. Godfather, yeah. Eldridge Cleaver, motherfucking uh-huh. all that shit. Uh-huh. Like, I love it. I, I think, and that's and that's just kind of like, I'm just trying to get motherfuckers to yeah. read again because you're taking in your, you're not, you're involved in the way you take in your information. And because yeah. of that, your brain works differently. Yeah, that's yeah, just the way it goes. Right now, we passively take in our information. Yeah. And you can tell by the way we think.
2: For sure. Who's and your
1: favorite DJ? Um, my favorite DJ... I grew up listening to a DJ called The Electrifying Mojo. Uh-huh. He was on 107.5, yeah, yeah. and that was uh, and he was like an honorary member of Funkadelic, and he broke Prince, and he played Funkadelic, and he, it felt like he, play, he was late at night, and it felt like you were on a spaceship with him, dude. And I think it was this really intimate feeling that he, uh, he created. Mm. Um, and then second favorite is, what's, oh no, his name escapes me. Who's the white motherfucker that be doing all the shout outs uh, on L.A. radio? Uh, Art Little, LeBeau. Art LeBeau is uh, my motherfucking dude, man. Art LeBeau is a beast. I love Art LeBeau. Yeah. I love that Art LeBeau was this, is this guy that is this fucking old ass white he's in dude. he's Yeah, he's this old ass white dude. Fucking sounds corny as fuck, but like is true to himself. And that mother, you could drop him off in any fucking hood yeah. on the West Coast. Yeah. And with a $1000 around his neck and that motherfucker be good as long as there's some 30-year-olds enough around. Yeah, exactly. Him. Like don't let the teenagers see him. I don't know if they don't know know about Art LaBoe, but man, that motherfucker is the sh- I love Art LaBoe.
2: He's he's amazing and uh and he reminds me of you a little bit in the sense of like his voice stands out in the environment or in the in, the, in what he's talking about yes because he's kind of like the opposite like you know he has a grandpa old man voice yeah but he's giving a shout out from little puppet yeah who dude. just got out of the pen to whatever
1: this goes out to joker
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it's a, it's...
1: from tweety bird
2: but you know that's also that that east la like no. you know my family's from east la they're all jewish yeah. and they grew up it was jews and mexicans yeah and you know, working class people.
1: I remember that was such a culture shock to me because I'm, D- I'm Detroit, so we don't yeah. have like, we don't have, we got a Mexican community, but right. not like LA. Not like so like I went to like an old school soul concert and like you go to an old school soul concert and it's like brothers and fucking purple, purple fucking giant suits and gators and shit right. like that. And yeah. then I came to one out here, it was all Cholos. Yeah. I'm like, it broke my fucking brain. Yeah, same with the Smiths. I went to like a Smiths oh, appreciation Smith's shit out here. It's crazy. Yeah, man. I like it. It's it's weird. It was, it was a different culture. I didn't I wasn't used to it when I first came out here. Yeah, like I just didn't understand it. Like it's a different culture, man. Like cultures are different. For sure. And I remember like being at a fucking 7-Eleven deep in the valley somewhere and it was kind of hood. And this dude's looking at me. So this Mexican cat's looking at me, kind of a hood ass dude. He's looking at me and I'm, you know, I'm like, hey, what's up, man? He's like, what's up, man? Uh-huh. I was like, you good? You good, man? And like, I don't know. Are we like in a fucking fight or a hug or what? Like, am I supposed to hit you with something or like, like? I I, I couldn't tell if we was. Probably having
2: a like, don't know if he's on X's here or an I Angel could, does.
1: I couldn't tell if we was having a confrontation or not, dude. Right. Like it was like it was like at the end of fucking. You ever had your shit pushed in? You know right. what I mean? Like it was at like the end of fucking training day. I was like, what the fuck is this? I'm just used to motherfuckers being like, fuck you, bitch. You know right. what I mean? Like real aggressive. Like his shit was like this weird passive aggressive smiley shit. I'm like, man, y'all playing some mental chess I'm not used to, bro. <laughs> like, let me just get my five hour energy drink and bail, man. Get this. We get this water and fucking peace. I don't oh, know what the shit. fuck is going on.
2: That's hilarious. Yeah,
1: it was a while ago. I don't go to the valley like that no more.
2: <laughs> All right, they're going to kick us out of here. But everybody needs to read Hummingbird. That shit yeah. is incredible uh
1: check it out man even if you don't agree with me like you shouldn't agree with everything i say but um because yeah we all have different opinions but this is like
2: i just think there's great stories and some make you laugh some will make you want to cry some will make you sad yeah they'll all you know they'll touch you in different ways which is uh which we need that today
1: yo dude i was trying to be like Pac, bro like I'm not a thug. I'm not like I'm not like I'm not I'm not a tough guy. But I'm from I'm I grew up around a lot of that shit. And if you look at how Pac writes his songs and shit, like he he he's not writing about selling dope every song. But motherfuckers that sell dope really relate to that shit. Yeah, for sure. So like I just wanted to I wanted to pack that shit, man. That was like my goal. I want to I wanted to pack that shit.
2: That's what I wrote on 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 the review.
1: Thanks All for right. writing a review, man. I appreciate that. Of course. Thank you, man.
2: But I said, not knowing we were gonna have this conversation, I said, you know, some of the reviews call him the new Bukowski. I think he's the new Tupac. Fucking I, dude. That's real. High five. <laughs> Fucking I. My man. I hope you Josh. sell hella books. I hope you keep writing. Uh, Cause I can't wait to read the next one.
1: Thank you. If, if you guys are looking at the camera, I'm literally like rubbing my eyes I'm like, selling books. all the books. Uh, it's, selling's harder than writing. I'm sure. But yo, yeah, it's, it's a fun process both ways.
2: I'm sure. Thank you, man. Ruju, thanks for doing this. Really. My man. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. That was a wild one. I know I did. Let us know what you think. Hit us up on Twitter, on Facebook with a comment. Check out our YouTube videos. Uh, It's all at Rebel Radio Net. Leave us a review on iTunes if you would. I'd appreciate that. And most importantly, come back next week for more Rebel Radio.